I think the biggest thing for me, and this is again in the spirit of me being so direct, is that you you have to put in the work that it takes to to have these open human conversations. You have to be able to say, I see a person that is struggling to see the vision, is struggling to see the right path. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. gonna do this we are so the end of another week Uh, i don't know about you the week for me just started out crazy i think pretty much monday and tuesday i I spent in nothing but but meetings so but so i was basically fending off any other time so i can just get stuff done for the rest of the week but it turned out ultimately to be a productive week that's good my day yesterday was crazy and i think i'm still recovering so glad for a little podcast rejuvenation time yep your birthday balloons are still up behind yeah. you so well How some many of them months i think has it been has it been that's a month yet? like no. <laughs> i think that's a little less than half are still up nice so yeah. uh, it's you, been you, you, uh 18 days been 17 like days 18 days 18 17 18 days yeah you got to keep us updated, uh, you know, the progress. Because when you posted that one picture yesterday, all I could think of was Highlander. You know, there could be only one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the balloons need their own webcam now, so everyone can watch them and see which one which ends up being like... the one. We'll live stream it on our YouTube channel. It, yeah, it's fun because some of them are going to come down halfway and kind of float. Yeah, yesterday it's, it's gone now. Yesterday it was a green one, and it was like. It was about, you know, yay, high, a little over my head, just kind of halfway floating in the room, and then this morning it had come all the way down, so the rest of these look pretty strong, I don't know. So we had balloons here, um, and uh, they, some of them, like, had gone down from the ceiling, but they've started crawling up the stairs. And one of them made it into my room just because of the airflow in the house, like, and people walking back and forth. And so one time I walked into my my room and it was like a balloon just floating like midway through. It was really creepy. I was like, whoa, what the hell? That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty creepy when they start moving around. Some kind of Pennywise stuff going on in there. So speaking of movies... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that gives me my segue into what I want to talk about today. So I have, I have a broad topic, and we've talked about it a bit internally. It, it's it, it's a reference you both like to use, and you've been using it since the day I got here. So I wanted to talk about it and, and really dig into it. So one of the phrases that we use internally is, is be the wolf. Uh, which is a reference to Winston Wolfe in Pulp Fiction, who's played by Harvey Keitel. So 
what does it actually mean to be the wolf in your opinion like when you say that what do you mean like what kind of characteristics are you looking for um and how did that that reference originate well it's one of the greatest uh scenes of all time um so it actually originated before 33 sticks was was created um when Hila and I were working together previously and I I don't know I think um Hila is the first one to use that in terms of of the consulting work that we were doing and I don't know Hila if you even remember why that came up I know I know the now why why we kind of talk about it and how it how it makes sense for what we do but I honestly can't remember. It was probably I don't know eight or nine years ago when we we first started using that term in in relation to how we want to do uh, consulting. Um, Hila, do you remember the context mm-hmm. when the, of how that came oh, up? Yeah. You wanna? Okay, you're on. Yeah. Um, so I used to uh, upset and piss off a lot of people where where I used to work. Used um, to. I mean. Right, right, right. Because I was trying to do something awesome. I was trying to make a difference. I was trying to make an impact where where I was. And, you know, some places were were not for me, you know, to to speak in. But I felt very passionate about the difference that I can make and the inefficiencies that I was seeing. Uh, And I wanted to help teams. But, you know, as you can imagine, a lot of uh, a lot of people are kind of very defensive about their role and what they're working on. Um, so it was really difficult and for, but for me it worked, you know, it worked for me to speak up to what I thought was right and what could be beneficial to the company that I was trying to help. Um, and, and that kind of, you know, even though in some cases, um, there was a lot of pushback and maybe I would say I would, you know, I even ended up leaving, leaving uh, some places or, or getting let go or whatever. I, I think that for me, it was more meaningful that uh, I connected with the right people and the right people that understood what, what, uh, where the value was, what the difference that we were trying to make, what we were trying to accomplish, the solutions we were going after. Those people that it resonated with were the right people to talk to. So, you know, in Pulp Fiction, um, they are in a scenario where they have a car full of blood and they bring in this guy to basically help them figure out the steps to clean it up and, and not get in trouble, right? And so... Um, you know, it's it's kind of resonated with us to that, you know, going, you know, being able to walk into a scenario and not really be concerned with how it's going to be perceived and, you know, what kind of uh, pushback we're going to get. We are here to help and we are kind of laser focused on the solutions that are going to be most productive and, um, and everybody else can kind of either um, align and, and, and the dynamics could be great for, for people to work together or, you know, or, or not. Um, but I think that's something that helped us kind of can continue being laser focused on outcomes and, and, um, and not worry too much about, you know, uh, what are people going to say or think, or, you know, are they not going to like what we're doing? Is that a good description? It, 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 it is. And, um, 
it's actually one of the things that first attracted me to Hila is that she was the wolf before she realized she was the wolf. Um, and we, we worked together uh, back at a company called Spark Networks. And my very first day on the job, very first day, do you, do you remember Hila? Yeah. Do you? Of course, yes. Hila, like, I... got all up in my business. Yeah, and I, I wrote him an email. I <laughs> yeah, I wish I still had it. A huge long email before he even like you know before he even started. Like it's my it first was, day. <laughs> it was probably his first thing in the inbox, but I was like, I heard you coming over here. You're coming over from Omniture. I need this data. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna be best friends. So here's everything <laughs> you need to know about me, and here's the data we need. Boom, we're friends now. So let's get to business. So. I was really excited, and uh, it was, was some kind of intro. That's yeah. that's for that sure. That is awesome. <laughs> but but no, you know it. It's kind of we've 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 really molded uh, the way that we we work and do business after the way that that Hila operates, and and kind of that wolf mentality, and that that scene in Pulp Fiction just perfectly embraces it, and it's a great visual for for how we we work. And as Hila mentioned, sometimes that that doesn't go over great with people it's, you know it's a very in your face kind of approach sometimes but for the people that truly appreciate the help and understand that we're coming from a place where our our desires to help you out of a predicament or help you become better or help get you promoted or whatever it is and that you know all sometimes that's that's difficult and we have to make really quick decisions and we have to be focused on what we're trying to accomplish and uh, I can't remember the words that the wolf uses, but it's he's something like if I if I'm curt or if I speak fast, you know, it's only because time is of the essence. You know, that's how we we approach things. And for the the people that we've attracted and the companies that we've attracted, um, it it it's worked really really well. Um, uh, and I think it's a balance of kind of some of the softer stuff that we've helped make them feel comfortable that we truly care about them as people. And then when the wolf needs to come out, the wolf comes out so that we can, um, when time is of the essence, uh, take care of things that, that truly need to be taken care of. And and honestly, it's it's been, at least from my experience, and I've been at multiple three or four different consultancies in, in my career, and, and oftentimes consultants are put in a very, very uh, awkward situation where... They almost have to be buddy buddy and friends with with their clients, and um, where when that doesn't come from a place of authenticity, it's really difficult to be the wolf. And not to say that we aren't friends, because I think we've developed some very deep, meaningful relationships with the people we work with. But we've done it from a place of authenticity. So when we do need to be firm, when the wolf does need to come out, it's it's much more receptive. And I would say that in the context of what we do with our clients and the work with we, we, our interaction with, with some of the folks on, on the client side is that being the wolf, uh, and it doesn't always mean being aggressive or assertive, um, but it's, it's being focused on the outcome and the solutions that we know are correct. And, or, you know, we know that they expect from the dynamics. And so I would say that those are the moments and those are the interactions that that work the best. Um, when we take a, a step back and kind of wait 
uh, to hear, you know, what information we can get and, and wait for it. I think that, you know, those interactions are not what our clients are expecting. They're expecting, there's a reason why they brought us on board and they want the help in one way or another. And it's our job to identify what, what that help is, if it's a good fit, and then to make sure that um, we, we stay focused on it. So it's, it's those interactions that work yeah. the best. No, that's a great point. And you're right. It's not always in your face. It's not always kind of firm and direct, but it is a focused. And I think that's the key word. It's a, it's a focused outlook, ensuring that we're, we're working on the things that are, are most important. And, and, and for me, I think another key term of being the, the wolf is authenticity. Uh, you know, we've worked with lots of companies. I've talked with lots of companies out there and I, I hear, probably more times than I can count something like, you know, we've been with agency X for a long time, super nice people. We're not really going anywhere. We're not really moving the needle. And we feel like it's because they're scared to tell us what we need to hear. And they're always sugarcoating things or maybe making things sound a little better than, than they are. And we need a partner that we can trust in the relationship, but ultimately is going to be authentic with us and tell us what we need to hear because that's the only way that, that we can progress. And and oftentimes, you know, again, that puts consultants that aren't used to doing that in a in a very awkward situation because while most consultants aren't asked to be salespeople, they're asked without directly to be salespeople, not to sell deals, but to be a bit more... Uh, salesy to be a bit more you know buddy persuasive. buddy and persuasive you know and tell them what they need to hear and want to hear and you know that that doesn't work when you're trying to create authentic relationships and here's the other part of it is that when i work with with people i with the people i work with i i want them to become the wolf so that's i'm always focused on kind of showing by example and showing how the risk, so to speak, is worth it, you know, to create a new lens on things um, and to go after kind of a new dynamics or a new structure or a new framework um, and to inspire people to be the wolf within their own organization um, and show them that it's not always, you know, um, it doesn't have to be perceived as, uh, you know, aggressive or argumentative or, you know, co co um, combative. Uh, it just means that you are now become the wolf and your job is to inspire other people to do the same. Um, and people will line up for that any day. People get really excited to see something and be like, oh, this is possible. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. And, and I think that it has like a, um, an effect, you know, uh, a contagious effect kind of thing uh, instantly, like immediately. And so, you know, I think that my, my goal is not just being the wolf myself, but, you know, portraying that and, and inspiring people to do the same. Uh, in their kind of day-to-day -day job, in their role, in whatever they're focused on, whatever their goals are, um, yeah. My kids are my kids are <laughs> what super. Did he say? That, that's one of my, that's that's uh, that's Will's friend. He's yelling at him to come downstairs. So. Uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had a situation where that kind of approach wasn't wasn't well received? Because you know, while you're describing it as something that doesn't need to be aggressive or, or combative, it is still very direct. It's one saying, yeah. this is what needs to be done, or this is what I need from you. 
in order for me to do what you hired me to do. Have you ever had a situation where a client didn't appreciate that that, that direct approach, that, that honest communication? Wait, Jason, if you have an example, before you give that actual example, I want to say that being the wolf, you can't just decide to do it. it you have to put in the work. So when you are going to help people um, and, and, and be uh, intentional and be transparent about where we're going together and how we're going to accomplish something, you, you have the responsibility to do the research and the undertaking that it takes to actually know what you're talking about. Because if you're going to act like the wolf in a room where people know more than you do about the subject, it's going to fall apart, right? It's not going to work. You're not going to be the wolf. You're going to be like the argumentative person that, you know, didn't agree with everyone. And so to be able to do that, it takes a lot of work to kind of build up to it. And I think that's the most important thing. So, you know, if, if you know, if we have, I'd be interested if there was a true example where we have been, you know, the wolf in, in, a, in a situation where we are trying to help a client and, or a person and, and they're just kind of pushing back still. Uh, but I think that the onus would still be on us. Like, what did we miss? What did we not research enough to, to, for that to happen even? So it's still, it's still on, on the wolf to be the wolf. So Yeah. No, and, and to answer your question in short, yes. I, I mean, I could probably think of many, many occasions where that's happened. Um, probably two or three specific that have happened at, at, at 33.6 over the last seven years. Um, but to Hila's point, I, I think what makes us better and stronger and, and ultimately more valuable guides for our clients is that um, we've learned that we can't deflect that back onto our, our clients or anyone else, that we have to seek for better ways to, to, to find our way through that, that journey. And I would say, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to talk about specifics, but there, there are two or three that um, have, well, I want to say one or two that happened uh, before we really had an idea of what was happening. And it was very frustrating. And I think we ultimately got to a point where it drove to a really valuable insight. And that is to say that not necessarily the approach of being the wolf was the, the issue. Um, it just highlighted an existing underlying issue that had gone unseen by us for, for many, many years. And that is when you partner with someone on the client side, Oftentimes, as an outside consultant, your depth of expertise is at a much, much higher level than theirs. And that's why you're being brought in. And think about it as anything else. If you're training to, to run a marathon or you're trying to hike and climb a tall mountain, uh, the people that you go out and hire as your guides, you're hiring people that have done it more times than you. You know, if you're trying to, to conquer a high summit, you're not going to go out and hire someone that has never hiked before. You know, you're going to want to go and get experts. And um, oftentimes people that we get aligned to work with aren't the ones going out and necessarily hiring the expert. They just get assigned to it. And you, you typically have one of two people. You have someone that sees it as an amazing opportunity to grow their their skills and become successful. And, and ultimately, this is a huge value to them. Uh, the second person is where we've run into the problem with our approach of being the wolf, and that's the person that takes you as a threat. 
and they are intimidated and they see you as someone that's going to come in and expose the fact that they're not the experts and you're going to get them fired. It's in those situations where our um, our approach of being the wolf has been in direct conflict and has ended poorly. Um that was before I think we recognized that there were these two types of people that we worked with. And once we understood that and we understood that, okay, we see that this is a challenge and we can identify those people that may be put more in a defensive posture because we're being brought in as an expert and they weren't the one that directly hired us. We need to be a little bit more empathetic to that and be a little bit more caring in how we approach them and earn their trust and let them know that, look, we're not here to, to make you look stupid. You know, you're you're very smart. You're here for a reason. Uh, we have a ton of experience that we're going to be your secret weapon behind the scenes. We're here to make you personally successful. Uh, it doesn't always work, but when we take that more empathetic work, our style um, is a much better match. If, if not, I can tell you nine times out of 10 with that, that person that will be uh, defensive, the, the style of the wolf will, will end poorly for, for both parties. Did you think I had a specific example, Hila, that I was going to bring up? Maybe. I can't think of anything that I would say because I always would take the responsibility that I was, you know, I didn't help them enough. And that is yeah. really the point of going into that kind of mind state is, you know, my goal is to help. And if I'm in there and it wasn't successful, then, you know, that's on me. Yeah. That's so. But is, you know, and again, I think the big learning from it is, is that um, as, as fun as it would be and great as it would be for us to just take the approach of uh, Winston Wolf and go in there. It's like, look, if our help isn't appreciated, best of luck. Although, you know, I have I have been known to do that. Your sales emails when uh, when the negotiation doesn't go well. Yeah. And I think but, that disconnect is fine. It means that we may have done the, the right uh, thing, but the person is just too resistant to the help uh, and they believe that the help is not even needed. And so that's when we have to step back because, you know, best of luck, we don't, it's not a rude thing. It's just, you know, if you don't need the help, then that's fine. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's that's an, fine. And sometimes it, it is a better situation for everyone. Correct. And it's something that Hila and I agreed upon very early is that our goal wasn't to help everybody. Our goal wasn't to partner with everybody. We, we simply can't. Um, our, our goal is to, to work with the right, the right people, the people that align with our style. Um, and when, when we've deviated from that, and it's usually me that is like, yeah, let's just kind of deviate a little. It never works. <laughs> so, you know, I, we've learned that it's like, that's not our goal to help everybody. It's only the right matches for, for us that, that, that we're going to help. And those right matches uh, tend to align with, with our style. Um, and, and being authentic, being open, you know, talking about it on, you know, a podcast like this or writing content about it only helps because the more transparent we can be in how we operate, the more we're going to attract the type of people that 
that style resonates with them, whether it's an employee, whether it's a client, whether it's a partner. Um, so I love having this conversation. I love talking about this every chance I get because it just helps to, again, kind of pre-qualify those, those people that are the, the best fit for us. And, you know, us being 100% comfortable that it's okay that we, we don't work with everybody. And if there's a prospect that, you know, we, we don't align with, it's okay. And we would much rather uh, hand them, you know, push them in a different direction uh, for something that's going to better align for them because that's going to be best for them and the partner that they end up choosing. So we've, we've always taken that approach. And, you know, the, I've, I've been known for sending some best of luck emails where sometimes mm -hmm. I have to be a little bit more up in people's face about it. But my goal is the same. I, I'm not doing it out of a place of, of trying to kind of stick it to them. I'm doing it out of a place that I care about them and say, look, you're, you're not going to do well with us. Um, you need to go in a different direction and best of luck with that. I truly want you to be successful, but it's not, it's not going to be with us. Mm -hmm. So for those clients that have embraced the, this style of, of working together, because you know, I think we, we, we've we've alluded to it that yeah, not everyone's going to to appreciate or want it. But those that have, what are some of the benefits that you believe they've seen, both tangible and non tangible? So I mean, right off the bat, is just that we've we've made them successful. You know, what, number one as a company, but more importantly as individuals, um, where you know where where that has aligned we've we've worked to make individuals successful you know and whether that's helping shine a spotlight on the work they were already doing or or helping provide them with a new set of skills and value within their company um that's very measurable to to see and that's something that um is is really easy for for us to measure i'd say intangible or maybe a little more difficult to measure is that um, this style, I think, is, has hopefully ultimately made people happier and feel better about what they're doing and that their their jobs have more more meaning. You know, we've heard from lots of people we work with at our clients that, that this is just a different way of working. And it's it's almost like they're they're a bit addicted to it. Right. Like they, mm -hmm. they need this as part of their their day because it just makes it better and more meaningful and it makes them happier, better employees. And, and, and in contrast to the actual scene in Pulp Fiction, where it feels very, um, very sharp interaction between the characters where he's like, well, you know, you got to get it done. And if you don't want it, best of luck. In fact, when we approach it this way, it becomes more human. So the people we work with, is it's an open conversation and it's a real conversation about what we're doing together. And there's no kind of like masking to the situation because of the title I have, because of the role I have, because of what my boss is expecting, because of a superficial deadline. It's an open conversation about really, you know, is it? Is it a, a, a real deadline? Is it a real urgency? Are we looking at the right information or data or whatever it is at the project. So I think that the interesting thing I've seen is that uh, people realize that it becomes a more human interaction. They're not dealing with an agency. They're not dealing with email responses. They are dealing with people that they can turn to and ask real questions. So I think that's kind of the benefit that becomes kind of the guards come down and becomes a lot better interaction. Agreed. Sorry, I made Jim laugh with my hair. Yeah. It, it was quite the look. You, you that should, was a uh, good look. 
You, you, you should keep it going forward. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So let me let me turn the tables back on on you, Jim. I knew is, this was far. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, you you've 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 worked in services in other companies, and they may or may not have had the same approach that we've had. So, two questions back to you. You know, how do you compare and contrast this style to maybe previous styles that you've worked under in, in other agencies? Um, and then number two, have we ever asked or have you ever put yourself into the position of a wolf while at 33 Sticks? And what what was that like? What was the feedback? How did the client take that? Yeah, I mean, I, I've worked under, under many different styles. I mean, as, as you were asking the question, one came back immediately where it was like, they had to win the business at all cost and it was keep the client happy at all cost so delivering bad news was, was never easy because you know we, we you didn't want to show the the potential of making a mistake um you you couldn't always be direct it was it was being a people pleaser and in, in, in some ways, and you and I have talked about this, one of the things I've been working on is is I do have a people-pleaser mode that I go into at, at times, and I've got to correct myself there. And there's nothing wrong with trying to help people make them happy, but when you go into people-pleaser mode, you're not honest. You know, you, you, you mask what you're saying to, to, to either... Um, dull the the maybe what should be a very direct um statement so i mean i i've worked under it and it it, it become or worked under that kind of mindset before and it becomes it becomes difficult after a while because you're afraid to make mistakes you're afraid, you know, which then leads to you're afraid to to try new things you're you're afraid to experiment because you may not get the results that you want and the client's not going to be happy um so, so i've worked under that and i i mean i have definitely used the this be the wolf approach you know in, in my time here and it it, it works out like there have been clients that i've gone to and i've had very direct conversations about the way we were managing the engagement the way we were prioritizing items the way uh certain things were going and they actually appreciated it you know it wasn't just a one-way conversation because when you try to be a people pleaser it's usually a one-way conversation you're getting all of the critical feedback and you're not delivering any where this way it was it was a it was a two-way conversation where i was also being for lack of a better term critical of the the situation and offering solutions to it because that, that, that's part of it is, is you, you can't just be critical of the situation. You need to come in with a solution to it. You need to say, like, this is how I believe, how I feel we, we resolve the, the, this particular situation. Yeah. No, I, no I, and, I, and I love that. Um, and I think what's so great about this way of, of working is there's a lot of different facets to it. Um, that people can align with. And again, I think for, for Hilaya, it's a really about being direct and, and not having a lot of fluff and filler around things. And, and for me, I just take the opposite side of the co same coin where for me, it's really about authenticity. And when you're authentic, you don't need or want all of that other stuff. It, it is very direct in, in style. And, and sometimes that means that, um, 
you you are honest and upfront when you don't have all the answers. And sometimes that means you're very direct when you screw up. You know, being the wolf doesn't mean you're perfect and you do everything right. It's just you're 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 very direct and there's not a lot of mystery to it, right? It's it's a it's authentic and people can see. And one of the stories that I love to tell and really helps solidify this style for me and this happened probably I don't know, 8 or 9 maybe 10 years ago. Um, so we work with Carrie uh, at HBR. She's been a, a guest on the podcast, um, and uh, I think a pretty highly rated episode. People liked listening to Carrie. Um, so I worked with her back in the days when she was working at Staples, and I messed something up, and I immediately fixed the problem, analyzed the impact of my screw up, picked up the phone, and called Carrie and said, Carrie, I messed up. Here's what I did. Here's the impact. Here's what we put in place so it doesn't happen again. Boom, 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 boom. You know, very authentic, direct. And um, I, I, I don't even know if she'll remember this story, but I, I just feel like it changed our relationship where the trust she had in, in us and how we worked was solidified. And, you know, we continue to work with her to this day and not that it was just that one scenario, but, you know, being the wolf, being direct, being authentic, um, creates very real and meaningful relationships and people crave that. You know, when we go into engagements and we're the wolf, we're authentic, it's refreshing. And, you know, people may not be able to put their finger on it and they might not say, I love this direct style or I love how authentic they are, but they just say like, this is different. I love this. You know, we work work with another client. I'm not going to say the name because it may embarrass uh, the guy that works there, but um I, I, I worked with a guy at, at one of our clients and uh, he said something after one of a, one of the calls like, I, I wish all of our partners were like you guys. And one, one other guy jumped in and said something like, I hope, you, I hope you know how big of a compliment that was because he hates everybody that we work with. Uh, but he just feels like there's something unique and different about you guys that he really likes. And I'm like, well, I'll take it. That's a great compliment. But again, I think it's, you know, they, you can't necessarily put uh, put your finger on why, but to me it's that the, the thread that's similar across everything that we do is this direct, authentic style. And at least with the people that we connect with, our employees, our partners, our clients, they just, they love it. They crave it. It's it's something that they don't get a lot in the business world. Because the business world for for most people um, is pretty is a pretty inauthentic place. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up the, the inauthenticity of it. It's, you know, people putting on a mask, again, whether it's to, to, to please someone or to put on a show, because at the end of the day, it, it's not about helping people. It's not about um, doing the right thing. It's about winning a deal. It's about playing the game, right? And it's a very, it's a very um, selfish, individual-focused approach. And we've tried to flip that and say that it's about us. And this isn't a zero-sum game. You know, if if one person goes up, another person doesn't have to go down. We can raise all of it. And where where we take that approach, we can be successful um, together. And and it's but it's hard. Um, I remember when you first started. Um, I think you and I had several conversations where it's like, 
I'm going to have to deprogram you. I'm going to have to debrainwash you, you know, because yeah. you, you had, you had kind of been in this, this, um, corporate, I, I got to do things a different way, you know, mentality for a long time. And I, it just kept hitting me. I'm like, why is Jim doing this? This is crazy. This isn't what, we, but you know, you get so used to it and put up so many protectors that this is how I have to be successful in the business world. And we, I just don't see that that's the way it has to be. And you know, when you let go of that, the amazing thing is, is that you become much more successful. You also become much happier. The stress mm-hmm. levels go down. Like, you don't have to keep up this appearance of somebody that, that you're not just so, you know, you can succeed. Like, we're, we're doing this together and we're doing it in a very authentic way that, to me, is just so much less stressful than the alternative. Yeah, I, I worked in this one group at one point where... A few of the people, they had to put up this, um, what's the word I want to use? Um, this very Facade. strong Nachos. persona. Nachos. That's persona. Very Nachos. strong persona where incredibly obnoxious, incredibly loud. And it's because they had to give the appearance that they knew everything. And if they perceived anybody as potentially knowing more or knowing something that they don't know, they had to get out in front of it and make sure everybody knew who the boss was. I remember one day getting called into a meeting for the first time with, with, with one of them. And I was, I was an analytics implementer at the time and designed a solution for a client. And he came in and he's like, why the F doesn't it work this way? I effing wanted to do this and that, you know, left and right and screaming like, who are you? You know, who are you? Why, why, why am I being berated like this? And, you know, half the stuff, it was, he hadn't been involved in any of the, the initial conversation. So he didn't know what went into it. And, it didn't do anything, anything, he didn't do anything that he wanted it to do because he wasn't involved. And so then he had to show that he was the boss and it was just like, I didn't like him from day one. I still don't like him today. <laughs> yeah. And to the one and, point and, I threatened my boss, like two years later, I said, I will quit if I have to, ever have to work with him again. And it's unfortunate, right? Because we've, the system has bred that mentality in, in so many people that, if again i have to put on this this persona so that i can be successful and it's a zero sum game i'm going to be successful and jim's going to be left in my wake and i again i just don't buy into that that narrative um I, i'm sure people will fight me on that but i i think we've proven that you can be successful you can be happy by by going together um and there's a there's an African proverb that I think I've quoted before or used on some social posts, but it it goes something like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go farther, go together. And and that's really the approach that we've taken um, in that. And we've been very upfront about our goal isn't to go fast. Um, you know, most startups their goal is to go fast and let's see how much we can burn. Our goal is to go far. You know. Um, we can't go through a podcast without me mentioning uh, Yvonne Chouinard. Mm-hmm. But I'm a Yvonne Chouinard disciple, and his his philosophy is to go far. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like it's to build something sustainable that goes very, very far and far and faster often in conflict with each other. And unfortunately we've bred people that, you know, throw out the word fast and you know, it's like, if you want to, if you want to be the most successful, go alone. Um, it's just not rarely is that true. Um, so, you know, it leads to fast burnout. It, it may lead to a faster paycheck and promotion in the short term, but the long term, most times that is a, a losing strategy, not just for the individual, but for the group as well. Mm-hmm. You, you made me think of something that I was thinking about last night as I was getting ready to go to bed. For some reason, this it, it, the, the whole Silicon Valley culture jumped into into my head. And if you think back to the 70s and 80s, while there was a fast pace, it was about building something. It, it was about creating something, or at least, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm looking at it from a romanticized perspective, but when I think of 70s and 80s uh, Silicon Valley, I'm thinking of Microsoft, I'm thinking of Apple, I'm thinking of companies that are still here today. And I mean, there, there's so many others in, in there as well. Um, Oracle's in there. Um, that being said, you, you compare that to today, the culture feels like this fast, like fast, get in, build up a valuation on something and then get out, like get in, go public or sell and then get out. It's because all the, uh, Gen Xers and the, uh, the older, uh, what is, what, what, what's, what's the, the X the next one down the millennials, the millennials. Uh, we, we got we got crammed these damn infomercials in our head to get rich schemes get rich quick <laughs> schemes like you know put ads in newspapers and be a millionaire like we got we got brainwashed that that's what life is is that you 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 know you you try to earn as much money in the shortest amount of time and um, that works for a very 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 select few people and it leaves mm-hmm. a lot of people hurt and damaged and destroyed in that in that wake and that's not to say that not a lot of amazing things have come out of that environment it has but i think there needs to be some some very real balance um because it's it's just not in in general a very sustainable model he you were itching to say something yeah i was kind of <clears throat> going to offer a tips and tricks part of the podcast that you know how to make this happen because I think as I as I listen to you guys talking about being authentic and you know working together, I think everybody conceptually wants that, right? Nobody wants says, "Oh, I, you know, I rather work alone" or "I hate everyone." You know, I think people want to naturally work together and want things to work well. I think the biggest thing for me, and this is again in the spirit of me being so direct, is that you you have to put in the work that it takes. To, to have these open human conversations. You have to be able to say, I see a person that is struggling to see the vision, is struggling to see the right path. I'm going to do the extra work that is typically <clears throat> you know, on their plate, but I'm gonna do it and show by example. I'm going to do that extra step, like you said. Jason, it's not just that you called Carrie and told her, I messed up and I fixed it, and you invested in the, in the fix, but you took the time to figure out how to put something in place to prevent it from happening again. And you took the time to articulate to her exactly how that's going to work in the future and to get give her that comfort level. And that doesn't come from just wanting to be authentic. It comes from the work that you had to put in to either 
find a solution yourself for how this is never going to happen again, or work with a development team to secure from them uh, a framework that they will maintain that, you know, will, will assure that this never happens again, or to purchase something or to implement something or whatever. And that that is the difference. That is the tip. That is, you know, it's kind of a big thing, but but it's so magical when, when it's there. And anyone can be the wolf if they just care and they say, I'm going to go after it no matter what. I'm going to go after the solution and, <clears throat> and everything around it. And then um, along the way, people are going to, you know, join me. And so I think the work here is, is really important. Uh, aside for the desire of, of really wanting to be authentic and open, because it's, it's really hard. You know, I see yeah. it's really hard in the corporate environment where you have responsibilities uh, and, and deadlines and things like that to, to find the time to, you know, uh, go outside of, of things and, and, and think in a different lens. And, and, but it's so worth it. It, uh, it erases all the, all the previous work that you thought you had. It becomes something new, so it's really magical. I don't know if uh, I can add anything on top of that. That was that was very well said. Um, and but I I will say, can we can we just take a minute and recognize how how uh, comfortable and in the flow Hila was with this podcast? Um, it was it was awesome. In the past, I think she's been a little overly hard on herself that she's been nervous for it. But every time she's on, the feedback we get from listeners is they love having her on and as a guest. And this time, like it just flowed. So that was mm. awesome. I also had a snack before the podcast. So ah. maybe that's, that's what what was the here. snack? It was like these bell peppers and tahini. So that sounds it's a delicious. healthy snack. Well, next time you're on, please have the bell peppers and tahini. And uh, <laughs> we'd love to have you back anytime. <laughs> uh, another that was episode. That was that was that was that was Kramer when he had the uh, what was it? The set inside of his apartment. Um, what was the set from? I love how everything has some. Sort oh, was it the Merv Griffin show? The Merv Griffin show. Yeah, and 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 he's like hosting the show in his apartment. He's like, we'd love to have you back anytime. <laughs> that's a great. That's one of my all-time favorite episodes when he gets that whole set in his apartment. It's so great. Well, actually, I'm thinking we have a follow-up to this one because we we focused a lot of time about being honest and authentic and real. A follow-up to this one uh, being a timely episode around the whole thing with uh, the 2017 Houston Astros and the, the cheating scandal and what they what uh, Major League Baseball is embroiled in, in at the moment. So, you know, taking the the opposite tact is like, you know, what happens when, when you try to cheat someone when you and you're not real? Um, because, like, my wife was, was asking me last night, she goes, didn't they think they would get caught? Why would they cheat? Why would they risk everything? I'm like, when you have millions of dollars on the line in bonuses and new contracts and, and whatnot, people will jeopardize their, their integrity. Um, so this episode was all about being authentic and having integrity in what you do. So I think I have a follow-up episode that we're going to have Gila back on to talk about the, the opposite. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. And I think there's so many parallels because I think we've, you know, I that same narrative holds true in the business world. There's so much money on the line. And the more money you put on the line, the easier it is for people to question their ideals and their morals. And, you know, 
maybe we can have a whole episode talking about Out for Blood. I think he, he all likes that documentary and that 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 goes down mm. that path. Which as well. which documentary is that? I, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, you have. You have. You, it's, it's the, the Elizabeth one with, Holmes. With Theranos. Oh, okay, the Theranos scandal. Because yeah. you're John fascinated with it. Of course, I, yeah. you've seen it. You can't touch this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and see because I've seen a couple of the documentaries. I can't remember that was it was the Alpha Blood one, but I did read John Carreyrou's book, oh. which is amazing. Hmm. I need to check that out. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the investigative reporter that broke the story, and ah. like the, um, he's the one who figured out what was going on uh, to the point where. Like mm-hmm. their lawyers were threatening. Like they were yeah, yeah. To out, it's in the yeah. documentary. It's in the. It's in the. Mm-hmm. Of blood. It's in the mm-hmm. documentary. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure that's the you one I watched. It. If not, I'm gonna watch it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let, it's worth rewatching. Watch. It's yeah. just it's I'm an amazing story. story. It's a, it's so something. good. <laughs> yeah. That's just, it. We're, we're gonna talk about cheating next time and what happens when you get caught because <laughs> you will get caught. Like cheaters eventually get caught. I don't think she was thinking that she was tricking everyone i think she was just truly delusional to a well, certain degree I, but, I but we could have like probably a whole bunch of podcast episodes just about that so yeah yeah no but uh yeah we will i'm gonna withhold my thoughts until we record that um so but yeah l- l- right. l- let's go ahead and wrap up there um you know i appreciate cool. the time uh for that was fun yeah it was a good yeah. one yeah all right and, and if you guys don't want me back, best of luck, people. I'm Ooh. here to help, so. Ooh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Good times. All right. Cool. See All right. You Thank you both. Catch you later. Laters. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.